This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me, Cam Ruslan, today we have the returns of he is a journalist, a writer, an educator, and a filmmaker. He is Zan Azli. Hello. Great to have you here, Zan. You have more hyphens than I think anybody else I know. (laughs) (laughs) And she is a news producer at BFM on only her second time on A Bit of Culture, but the first time was such a triumph. Uh, She is Danya Nai. Hi, thanks for having me back. That's great to have you. And our three topics are, topic number one is, uh, can you counter extremism through the media? Topic number two is everybody should shave their heads at least once. And finally, topic number three is revisiting the MCU, the Marvel comic universe, not the Malay Chinese university. So, Zan, extremism and the media. Oh, I'm going first. Yes. <laughs> okay, so yes. This is a term called CVE or PCVE. It's called preventing uh, or countering violent extremism. Uh, and it's been something that I've been doing for many years now. I think about five or six years officially. Uh, but I think I've been doing it uh, probably throughout my career, uh, in, in, in my career in, in the media. So basically, what it's all about is to counter the narrative that extremists put out there. Uh, because if you see like, let's say ISIS, for example, IS, Islamic State and all that, um, if, if you're on social media, you will see that one of the, the, the best methods of recruiting people is through social media. Uh, they produce really, really like slick videos, recruitment videos um, and propaganda videos and films. Uh, and it's packaged really, really nicely and it goes out there and people see it, they get really persuaded by it and then they become an extremist. <laughs> so... Now, what I've been doing is, uh, like you said, there's so many hyphens, right? I'm a journalist, I'm a writer, I make documentaries. So a lot of the content that I make is, is basically trying to counter the narrative that these extremists are actually putting out there. Um, and instead of being extremists, be more moderate, right? Um, and it's always been on the ball, on the nose, right? Uh, this kind of content. Uh, we, we put out content about the dangers of, uh, of extremism, the dangers of terrorism, why we shouldn't use violence when we want to achieve something. We should always use dialogue and all that. It's very on the nose. Um, but I think the, the, the best way to actually uh, uh, counter the narrative is to have it very subtly, um, like in movies and television shows. Um, take, for example, the local movie Police Evo 2. Have you seen it, Cam? Danya, have you seen it? Did I see one or two? Is there, a, I mean, are they are they more or less Evo in one or two? I'm not sure. Well, I saw one or the other, I'm not sure. Yeah, there was Police Evo 1, there was Police yeah, yeah. Evo 2. So Police Evo 2, well, it's basically the same story. It's bad boys, right? There's these mm-hmm. two cops, they go around, they fight bad guys, uh, and then they win. Yay! Then they make some jokes along the way. Now, the second one, uh, they, were, they, were, they were fighting this, these bad guys who were actually like Muslim extremists who took a whole island off the coast of Terengganu hostage, right? Now, they didn't, they didn't give much attention to the extremist part, right? It just showed them making jokes and all the action and all that. But somehow, it's subtly talking to you about extremism and how, how, how dangerous it is. So, so that's, that's, that's the topic that I wanted to bring up. I think content that um, promotes peace, promotes uh, pluralism, that promotes dialogue and safe dialogue, that should be the way if you want to counter the narrative that extremists are putting out there in the media. I'm, you know, I'm with you all the way, of course, Zan, but I mean, if, if I see the titles 
consensus and what was it? Peace. And so it's hardly clickbait. I'm not oh, I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay, look, you, you know Mike Kilau, the movie? Uh-huh. The, the yeah. movie that everybody has been talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, so personally, I find it a very uh, offensive film and, and it, it kind of promotes violence against people who are not the same as whoever it is that's there in the movie, right? But whatever discussion that has come out out of it, to me, it was it's PCVE, it's countering violent extremism because you've got people from both divides arguing and talking in the media, on social media, in the news. There's the group that says, oh yeah, this is what, you know, you don't lie you and all that. And this is what happened in history, so we've got to go with it. And then you've got the other side who say, hey, come on, chill, you know, this, this is a little bit racist and all that. And they're having this debate in the media. And, you know, I think that's okay. And, you know, it sparks off, you know, countering violent extremism. Yeah. Okay. So, Danya, you are in the media. Yes. You report news. I mean, you're on the cutting edge of this. But, I mean, do you <laughs> think that there's uh, validity in what uh, Zan's saying? I mean, thinking about it from a psychological kind of standpoint, I would say it would because generally people don't like being told what to do or what to think, right? So the easiest way to do that would be to content that doesn't exactly say, like, extremism is wrong, don't do this. But, like, you know, with Police Evo and, like, Mat Kilau, you're kind of sending the message in a way that people have to think about it themselves. It kind of seems like the idea is sparked by themselves, not like a message from a film um, or a, you know, TV show, whatever it is. So in that sense, it does work. I think it's a matter of whether content makers can balance the whole like being preachy versus having a subliminal, well, not, maybe subliminal is not the right word, but message in in the in the film itself. You know? Yeah. Can I, can I just I'll add what just one thing, which is uh, from Malaysian history uh, when there was the communist the fight the fight the emergency the insurgency the civil war even if you want to call it that. And uh, Sir Gerald Templer, after whom Templer Park is uh, named, he was in charge of the British, and he coined the phrase which became very famous, which is hearts and minds. But people never talk about the last part of his sentence. He was saying that you have to win through the hearts and minds of the people. But, he said, whatever it is you want already has to be in the hearts and minds of the people. You can't necessarily just go and persuade them to believe in the opposite. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. That's why, like this, uh, for me, messages in the media that talk about counterterrorism, uh, if it's too on the nose, you're trying to persuade people who already believe in it. You know, you're going to forget about these people. So when you have subtextual content that's coming out, you're building a new generation that, you know, probably hopefully is more equipped and more resilient towards it. Lah. But you're talking about, and it, you, it, the necessity is for an enormous amount of content, though, in so many different ways. Yeah. It's not just one thing. No, 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 it should be everywhere. And but and you also mentioned the ISIS videos. Um, You said they were well packaged. They end with a guy having his head cut off. (laughs) Um, No, not all of them. Some of them, them, but but they do appeal. They primarily meant to appeal to to the emotions, uh, essentially of young men, target audience, young men around the world, and to their emotions, not to their minds. Yes, it's definitely emotions. And you'd be surprised, not just to men, it's to women too. Yeah, Many sure. women want to fly off to Syria because they feel that, you know, going there, helping people build families and becoming teachers and nurses and doctors and all that, they're also, you know, jihad, you know? Yeah. yeah. Sure. So you're, 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 you're an optimistic kind of guy. So you think then that this is a, a, an important way to go. Not Obviously not the only way to go. 
Uh, yeah, this is one of the ways. I think there are definitely a lot of other ways to do. So, what is a, a project that you've been working on that that you think kind of gets it right? Well, I think for me, uh, uh, I'm just trying to to make sure that whatever stories that I'm 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 getting out there from the writings to the to the to videos that I make and all that, it doesn't have to be about terrorism. It doesn't have to be about extremism. But it's mainly just me trying to give dialogue, uh, promote dialogue, encourage dialogue, and and a little bit of harmony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and to have that previous target audience be heard, I'm guessing. That's right. Yeah, make them feel heard and also represented. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, good luck with that, Danya. How, I mean, do you, do you say good luck to you, uh, Zane, or do you say give up? Or no, I mean, good luck with that. But I'm just what? wondering. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, is using social media to counter like extremism? In your experience, have you seen it to be as effective as, as people trying to spread extremism through social media? Like, what's the, is that not really a measurement, but are you able to compare the effectiveness? Um, I think it's very hard. Uh, whatever evidence that I have at the moment will be anecdotal. Uh, and and uh, it's very hard to counter whatever messaging that they already have. Because uh, like what Cam was saying, uh, extremists when they come up with propaganda movies they're really just reinforcing people who have the same beliefs right uh, and whatever content that i come up with probably reinforcing the people with the same beliefs as i do have you know what i mean so it's just a matter of um oh man now i'm not optimistic anymore <laughs> no, no, I'm let's sorry, cut I'm now sorry. No, we cut now no stop <laughs> no, 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 I'm still oh, yeah. no. i took <laughs> away i took <laughs> away zanazli's oh, optimism no. <laughs> the, the more content we have the better so we try to outdo each other in more yeah. yeah absolutely zan no yeah go for it no it, it's a it's about you know uh coming at it from many different angles we must move on quickly before zan gives no no seriously i think we just need to conquer the mainstream so if the mainstream media gets on board with uh, countering extremism uh like the police evils and all that and more of these movies come out more tv shows like this come out uh you know in the media social media internet and all that then we'll probably, yeah, then, then that, that we would have achieved something. We would, we would be able to achieve something. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going, brother. I'm also with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, we're going to move on to topic number two, which another one that Ashizan's going to have uh, thoughts on, which is you should shave your head at least once in your life. Uh, Danya, now, uh, why are you choosing that subject? <laughs> Um, so since uh, people can't really see me, uh, <laughs> I did just shave my hair. I'm freshly shaven. Uh, I, sh I did it yesterday. Um, and I, I did it for fundraising purposes. But um, when I was sort of thinking about, you know, doing it, it sort of sparked the idea of, you know, the stigma surrounding, you know, going going bald or, or shaving your hair. Um, especially... As as a woman, I think it's it's quite a a big deal because especially in the older days in like countries like India, you know, shaving your hair was considered taboo, and you only kind of did it really like if your husband passed away or something like that. And even when I talked about this with a few friends, uh, the first one person um, kind of told me like, it's not very feminine to shave your hair. You know, it's not feminine to do that. Um, which kind of made me want to do it even more, <laughs> really. Um, and I I think it just sort of a freeing thing to do, whether you're a man or a woman, I think it's a freeing thing to do because for a lot of people and in just society in general, you know, our identity, how we interpret beauty or like being handsome, that kind of is attached to your hair. 
you know, do you have long straight hair like you know Bollywood actresses in 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 films? That's how they're depicted. You know, really beautiful. Everyone says, oh, they're so beautiful. They have such long black straight hair, or you know, a man with like a really nice like. Mohawk, I don't know, is Mohawk considered handsome these days? No, <laughs> it never has been. Has it never been? I think Mohawks are cool. Okay, whatever hairstyle, you know, like that that's a big deal for people. That's a big sort of identity thing for people. So I just think that people should experiment because it kind of gives you the opportunity to dive into who you are as a person outside of just your looks, I think. Can, can we just clarify, though? Uh, so you did have a charity and the charity in question is... The National Cancer Society of Malaysia. So you're doing it, uh, you and your sister did it in solidarity with um, uh, people who have to go through chemotherapy yep, and to yep. lose and their I, and hair. And I think a lot of people, yeah, I think one thing also when you shave your hair, it's, it's connected to sickness a lot. And um, having family members who have had cancer and had to shave their hair, it's sort of, you know, a big, a big moment because they also see it as a sign of weakness almost because they're losing that part of themselves. So that's yeah. why I also wanted to do it. And also because just in general, you know, making wigs for people with cancer is very hard. It's very expensive. Um, so that's why when I did it, I donated my hair to Locks of Hope because they make wigs out of the hair you give. But uh, but the killer, the thing is, uh, do you intend to keep shaving your head or are you going to grow it out? You're looking forward to growing it out again. I think I'm going to grow it out again because, yeah. I mean, protective day is my only my first day. So I might change my mind towards like later on. Um, but again, talk, going back to the whole identity thing, like before this, my sister and I were twins and we have curly hair, you know, so f ever since I was, you know, growing up, that was the main sort of thing I would hear like, oh, wow, they're twins with curly hair, you know, curly hair became sort of an identifier for me. So not having it, I do feel a bit lost, guys. <laughs> so yeah. I might have to... Your identity. Yeah, it's my yeah. identity. So I feel, I feel like I'm going to grow it out again, but I won't say no to shaving it, um, again, um... Plus, you know, there are all the benefits, like you shave, you, you save water, save the amount of shampoo you use, guys. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I am so glad to bring in Zan Asli at this point. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't see this at home, folks. Zan Asli has always had long hair. He has very long hair now. I, I've always had long hair. That's right. Yeah, he's in a bun right now. It, it goes as far down as my chest. Yes. Right. So, <laughs> talking about, you know, hair and identity. Um. I, you would not shave your head, I'm guessing. Uh, I have shaved my head once. Oh. Uh, it wasn't cleanly shaven like Dan like Danya. It was just like number one and number two. Uh, <laughs> I did it when I was in my early 20s. That one time. Other than that, it's always been uh, like this. If you Google my name, Zan Asli, you will have random pictures of men with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> and so what is it about long hair that... Uh, why, why do you want long hair? Uh, because uh, I don't like going to the barber. No, seriously, I don't like going to barber. So when I used to have short hair, I used to cut it myself. I would go in front of the, the, the mirror and I would cut it myself. Uh, and then slowly I got tired of cutting it myself. So I just let it grow and then I'll cut it again when it's too long. And now I cut it like once or twice a year. Nothing to do with the hair. But yeah, yeah, but, but Zan, I mean, our, <laughs> our faces and our heads are... Um, like, Probably very misshapen if it was bald. Well, no, no, but they're really important statements of identity. So what... You do you think that you're portraying an identity so that people go oh immediately oh that person is not mm. an extremist for instance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think I'm doing it intentionally, but yes, I do know people identify me as having long hair. So yes, <laughs> but I'm not doing it. Really. Yeah. So Danya, what are you now? You're no longer that curly haired 
beautiful child that everyone, oh, Diana with her curly hair. You're not that anymore. <laughs> I'm not. I'm trying to find who I am now. I, this, is the journey, this is the journey to finding who I am without curly hair, I guess. Um, it's Yeah, I don't know. My, my, every time my brother comes over, he says I look like a monk. Um, and he says I shouldn't go to anywhere where like people collect donations or anything in case people try to give me money. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I gotta say, uh, yeah, <laughs> have some beads and a brass bowl, and I, and I you know, <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know. I because I think yeah, I really think like people should should try it at least once. I mean, discover who you are without hair, you know. And then you don't have to worry about getting ready for work in the morning. No extra like work to do before you leave the house. Yeah, I did shave my hair once. Um, well, not all of it. It was just on the side. So you said mohawk earlier. It was like a, a, a demi mohawk. <laughs> and then it, it flowed over. I mean, if anyone remembers the band, The Human League, it was a bit like that. But we just shaved uh, so you did think side. mohawks were good looking at some point? <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, I don't, want, okay, I don't want to get technical on you, Daniel, but... Um, <laughs> It was not a mohawk per se, but I grew up, you know, I grew up in England. And so there was a thing, skinheads, people who, men who were mm. young men who'd go around shaving all their heads and they were terrifying. Mm. So actually, Daniel, when I see you now, I'm a little bit frightened. Oh, <laughs> I'm and, sorry. <laughs> and you I'm make scared. the door down, yeah. Yeah. And I don't really want to look you directly in the eye <laughs> because it might just start you off. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so hair is important. It, it, it it teaches. Danny, can I ask you, you mm. twin sister? You say, yes. Would you have done it? Would you have done it? I don't know if this is hair related or twin twin related, but would you have done this thing without having your sister's uh, uh, involvement? Uh, yeah, actually, the the plan was uh, for me to do it uh, by myself because she wasn't ready to do it, um, and and part of it was kind of exciting because then I wouldn't be compared, I think was also like a big driver for that. Not that I was like, you know, going to like protest when she decided she was going to shave her hair, but it's it's a big deal as a as a twin growing up because uh, people just kind of think you're one person. Um, if you like this or your sister also must like this. So, and you're always compared with each other anyway. So this felt like a, a differentiator in some ways. So right. I would have done it either uh, either way, but... Um, and I'm glad she did it with me in the end, but I, I would have been okay with doing it without her. You but know? your hairstyles previously was, was different from your sister's? Uh, we have both curly hair. We kind of have the same style, but her curls are different. Her curls are slightly smaller and mine are a bit bigger and chunkier and have like the spiral that's just, Maggie That's just look. the way God made you. That's not walking. Danya here, she made 18,000 ringgit for charity. Between. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Congratulations. Yeah. Right. Thank and you. I think you've got a bit of you got a bit of notoriety. You, you've got a lot of people following <laughs> you on uh, social media. It, 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 for charity, for if we could hit about eighteen thousand or more, could you? Would you? Would you? Would you shave your head? Maybe. You're not, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, what's the next topic? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're destroying Zan Asli on air. I'm sorry. We're just breaking him down little by little. Breaking him down. We cut away his power. His power is in his hair. <laughs> I used to have very long hair, really long, seriously long, and um, and then I I went through, and this was in, in my uh, early twenties. Then I went through a sort of psychological issue, as it were. I don't know some things were happening. And and so I walked into a barber on um, Batu Road, and I said, "Cut it all off." And he was really kind of scared because, like, I'm sorry, I'm not a stylist. I'm not going. And I just said, "I just shave it all 
cut it all off. And he cut it all off. And I felt transformed. I felt so different, like a different human being, because I'd made this decision to stop being that and to start being this. And it was it was the best thing I did. So would, would you shave it again, Cam? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I I don't think my head's as nicely shaped as yours. Uh, <laughs> you never you uh, never know. I'm really, you never know. I'm terrified. It might just be like just this <laughs> sort of flat thing. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna I'm, and we've Daniel, we've got to stop picking on Zan. So but in a moment, um <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about a subject I think we can all uh have I mean, seriously, everybody out there in Radioland will have opinions on, which is the Marvel comic universe here on the Bit of Culture, BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Rosland, Zan Asli, and Danya Nye. Uh, Zan, I hope you're doing okay. You're... <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging on, hanging on. Hanging on, keep, keep going. <laughs> so a bit longer. Um, and so now, MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Zan mentioned earlier, Matt Kilo. The Malaysian movie, Mark Kilau, has now made 100 million ringgit at the Malaysian box office. It surpassed Marvel Avengers, Avengers Endgame, uh, which made 87 million. But when I first heard that figure of 87 million, when Mark Kilau got past it, I thought, what? A, a movie could make 87 million at the Malaysian box office? I, I, I didn't think it was possible. And, and I looked at the top. 50-odd Malaysian box office films. And so of the top 15, seven are from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Those movies, have been 29 of those movies, and they've made about 27 billion US dollars globally box office. And that's just box office. So that's not counting TV sales, merchandise, advertising, uh, endorsements, all the other things, which in total would be more than 27 billion. Um... It's just phenomena, and I've been working with uh, some Malaysian filmmakers recently, and on a subject, on a topic, a program that is nothing like Marvel, nothing. But the constant reference point is it could be like in that scene, in that Marvel movie, and uh, and I'm thinking, why are you talking about Marvel? It's not like it's Godfather Part Two or Citizen Kane or anything. It's not, you know, I, you you probably can't even tell me the director of that film, uh, but it's. For a lot of people, it is the cultural uh, landmark moments in the world. Uh, of all the books you've read, the movies you've watched and everything, it's MCU is the big deal. I'm not against them. I've probably watched all 29. I can't really tell. Um, but I, I want to ask, why are they so popular? <laughs> uh, Zan, you every week go off and watch a, a Mal Malaysian movie, at least. You watch a lot of movies. You've watched, I'm sure, all the Marvel movies. I don't know if you like them or not, but why why are they so popular? Uh, I've watched a lot of Marvel movies, but I'm not a big fan of the Marvel movies. Uh, I find them a little bit tiring, but I can't understand why it's so popular. It's cool, right? Uh, I know when comics first came out, it was because people were looking for heroes. Uh, I don't know if people are actually looking for heroes now, but... Uh, people just want to be a part of something that's really cool. So now if you go out and you see people wearing T-shirts with you know, Marvel superheroes on their T-shirts, they feel that they're cool and they feel that they're part of, a, of this gang, you know, that uh, other people are also wearing the same kind of T-shirt. It's like they look at each other, you know, wink a little bit, uh, and say hi, you know, because of their T-shirts. So I think it's being part of something really, really cool. And I guess uh, they've made the Marvel movies look really, really cool too. 
that would connect with your extremism thing because that's exactly about yeah. being a part of something else. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think there are some PCVE uh, elements in, in in the Marvel Marvel movies too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Danya, uh, have you uh, have you watched all the the Marvel films? I have not watched all of them. Uh, surprisingly, even though I am into these, this is this is my wheelhouse content. But I've not like dived into all of the movies. I've only watched certain ones, and I, I mean, I get the attraction. You know. First of all, who doesn't love a superhero movie? You know, everyone loves the classic group of good versus evil, you know, and good triumphing. So I understand why people love it and people love huge action sequences. Um, and to be honest, to me, the sort of, uh, as far as I remember, the big bump in superhero movies came with the Christopher Nolan Batman series. And I think DC couldn't really capitalize on that bump and Marvel saw that open spot and came in with Iron Man. That's what I think, at least. And, you know, people people love a series, people love a continuation of characters. So I think that's why Marvel sort of really boomed and have all, you know, it has all these TV shows and everything. To me now, it feels like a lot of work to sort of go through and like try and connect the dots. But but the attraction is there. And, you know, people will all, superhero movies will always have a place, you know, in popular culture, you know. Yeah. Zan, I'm going to guess that you're of the age where you actually read these as comic books. Well, that's, that's, that's the other thing, because I read the comics. I collected the comic books. Uh, I was a particularly a, a Marvel collector in the 80s and in the 90s. Um, and I would read Spider-Man, I would read Wolverine, I would read X-Men, you know. And um, maybe a part of me does not like how the movies are bringing the story and the characters. Yeah, maybe a little bit, a little bit, I think. Yeah. And um, did you realize also like like the Marvel universe when you try to connect everything and it's a little bit too complicated they just open a portal and then yeah. everything <laughs> what it's like, <laughs> really? like the portal will just explain everything it's everything true. that's absurd oh portal no wonder lah absurd you know <laughs> and also yeah. so yeah. that has got me lah <laughs> Danya were you a, were you are you a Harry Potter person uh, yes I am a huge Harry Potter person. In fact, I have a Harry Potter tattoo. So, <laughs> uh, on on your now exposed head, or no, I was gonna no, no, say, no, no. you it's just covered. touched your head just there. It's then. covered. Right. It's covered. It's covered. Right. That's a bit scary. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, can I ask? Zan made a point there. You know, as a reader of the comic books, he's a little bit disappointed by the um, by by mm. the films. I've not met a Harry Potter fan of the books who's been disappointed yeah. by the films. I mean, I, I don't think I'd say I'm disappointed. I, I think I sort of came into the movies with an expectation that they were never going to meet the standards of the books. Um, mainly because some of the books are like 600 pages long and it's hard to, you know, compact that into like a two-hour movie. And for me, at least, the way I viewed the movies were they were a continuation of something that I loved. Um, so the movies were still going on, obviously, when the books ended. So to me, something that I loved had ended in one sort of platform, but at least they were continuing on with the movies. So there were certain things where, of course, you're like, oh, they didn't include this from the book. I'm a bit disappointed. But overall, you're kind of happy because you get to be in that world again that you sort of submerged when you were reading the books, you know? So to me, I'm not disappointed. I kind of expected them not to be as good. But, you know, it's sort of just, you know, it's an extension kind of thing for me anyway. But then do you agree with Zan's thing that it's about being part of something bigger? Did you, yep. Do you enjoy being part of the Harry Potter generation? 
Oh yeah, definitely I do. Yeah. I mean, there's just something about knowing that when you talk to anyone, they'll know everything about Harry Potter. And just sort of being able to go down any rabbit hole in the Potter universe is a very comforting kind of feeling, honestly. Right. <laughs> right? right. It's like a big po- network. Uh, and the rest of us are just muggles, are we? <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mugsy. Yeah. Mugsy. <laughs> No, no, it's muggles, isn't it? uh, Well, Danya can tell us. It's muggles. Muggles, Muggles, you see? Mm -hmm. We're just muggles. Uh, Yeah, I'm just wondering. So if, if, let's say, with Danya's, just her age, the way she grew up, Harry Potter might be that big cultural kind of block, that, that kind of anchor. And for a lot of people now, probably younger than you, MCU is the thing. I mean, people cried at the end of Endgame. Yeah, I mean, it kind of explains it because it might explain why I didn't get into MCU because I think once you have an anchor, it's a bit hard to jump into something else and have that anchor you, I think. So, Zan, did did you have an anchor growing up? A thing like that? Perhaps I had Star Wars, maybe? Yeah, I think it was was Star Wars, Back to the Future for me, you know. Yeah, probably that would be my anchor. Yeah, or Enid Blyton books, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, that... That's why you see. That's why my, my, me and Zan, we can like we have we have that that inner hidden language <laughs> down here that you'll I, never I, understand. I wear Goonies T-shirt. you you just blew it. Goonies. What? <laughs> we were getting on so well. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. MCU. Do you say they look good and stuff? I mean, I, I've been watching this documentary about industrial light and magic, how they, you know, the, the George Lucas's mini studio that did the the special effects originally for the Star Wars films and then progressively onwards through computer graphics and stuff. And um, and as a film, ex-filmmaker myself, I, I kind of, I've kind of grown up with uh, computer graphics. And I think computer graphics are terrible. I, I think the technology still is not there to actually do the things that they think they can do. And so when I'm watching an MCU film, it's just like, these computer graphics, are, they're not even a cartoon. I mean, like when Spider-Man is supposedly flying through the air, it's like the movements are just terrible. I'm completely... But but I think for younger generations, who actually grown up with this kind of Mickey Mouse um, computer graphics. I think it's like, they they accept that it's actually good enough. Uh, Zana, I don't know. You're the one who's got young kids. No, oh, yeah, I think it, it, it looks natural to them. Uh, it looks natural for them. This is like how I would watch an old Tom and Jerry cartoon, and I would think that's how animation is supposed to be like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back on the same page again, Zan. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, <laughs> but, but your kids, Zan, are they are they uh, persuaded by this Marvel thing? Is it is it um, their thing? They're, they're quite young. A little bit. Uh, they they would want to watch the latest Marvel movie, but they're not really really big fans or anything. Yeah, they're still in the Disney kind of age. Uh, a little bit, yes. They're still the Disney kind of age. They still like to watch the Kim Possible and the, uh, a little bit of My Little Pony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, imagine future generations. They're going to be saying, "Yeah, My Little Pony." We know what we're talking about. <laughs> Not those Avengers old timers, you know. Okay, boomer. Um, so, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Marvel there, and I'm gonna scratch my head and keep watching them. I'll watch every single one, and I'll kind of enjoy them as they are. But kind of get, I'm gonna get bored in the last 25 minutes of everyone. <laughs> Black Panther. I mean, seriously. What you didn't like Black Panther? You didn't get bored at the end of Black Panther? It's yeah. Uh, 
It's like, come on, just end this film. I uh, forgot the ending. How was the ending? I put a lot of people running around. Oh, the, the guy. <laughs> sorry, did I just I describe every single one of them? <laughs> I remember they were running. They were running, running, running. And it was like, and probably somebody who was supposedly dead is not actually dead. That's another. That's yeah, in yeah, yeah, all yeah. of them, isn't it? I'm so sad. Daniel, oh, you're not Daniel dead. Daniel was coming in and said, no, no, no. Yes, now this is how it went. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're losing the younger audience here. Um, <laughs> so we must move on. Okay, so that's MCU. I'll keep watching them and we all will. And they'll just continue being the biggest thing in the world ever. So we're going to move on to the final part of the show, recommendations, where we recommend something that might be of interest. And Azan Asli goes first. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to recommend this uh, series that I've been uh, watching. It's called Murder in the Building. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You want another third person to recommend that? that <laughs> yeah, oh, really? Only, really? only murders in the building. Yeah. Only murders in the building. I, I love it. I think yeah. it's great. It has some of my uh, favorite comedians from back in the day, but then they partnered them with, uh, you know, somebody who, Selena Gomez, who appeals to the younger crowd. And, and, and also, she, I've said it before, she is Malaysian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes, you cannot is. persuade me otherwise. No, no, she is Malaysian. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And you're talking about podcasting, and, and yeah, I love it. I think it, it's great. Yes, it's, it's really. Uh, Danya, have you? Uh... I I've been meaning to watch it because I love me some Steve Martin. Uh, so I've been wanting to. I just haven't had time to get around to it. But I'm definitely going to watch it. But yeah, I mean, just wait a little bit longer for the the whole uh, second series to end, and then you can watch it all in one go. Or. I'm, I love to binge watch TV shows, so it works yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's really good. It, it is really good. Oh, so that's uh, Only Murders in the Building. As I say, third person to recommend. <laughs> uh, Danya, what's what's your recommendation? Uh, I'm going to recommend a book by Richard Osmond, uh, Thursday Murder Club. Uh, it's your kind of typical sort of British uh, murder mystery, except instead of, you know, it's not... Uh, you know, five find is seven find five find out is um, it's not an enlightened kind of thing, but it's basically a group of old people. <laughs> Should is that is that derogatory? A group of senior citizens. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. Were you looking at me? <laughs> no, I promise citizens? I wasn't. <laughs> senior citizens in an old folks home. They yeah. have a club every Thursday, hence the name Thursday uh, Murder Club, uh, where they discuss cold cases. Um, and surprise, surprise, they stumble upon a real uh, crime. And then they go about uh, solving it. It's really, really interesting. If you love, like, you know, your Midsummer Murders kind of thing, this is your your kind of book. And I'm usually pretty good at guessing the ending of, like, crime stories. But this one really took me by surprise. So I highly, highly recommend it. Um, especially if you're into, like, true crime and things. This is kind of, like, your your kind of book, I would say. It, it's it's a, a series? Uh, yeah, it is a series. There's a second book. Um, but I just finished the first one. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, and again, it's Thursday. The Thursday, the Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osmond, but spelled like Osman or S M E N. Osman. Ah, he's another Malaysian. So he went out there and he did. He did good. Well done. Yes. yes. Um, okay. Well, you know, inspired by um, both your recommendations, I I was going to do one recommendation and quickly change it to one thing which has been absolutely actually captivating me for months now, and I haven't said it because. I don't know. But I have absolutely in love with the, the French writer Simon Signore, um, who created the Inspector Maigret series. And they're, they're quite thin books. And he wrote 75 of them. Quite incredible. And, and he also wrote like 
a hundred other books on other things. And they are just the most amazing psychological, emotional dramas. Uh, the, 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 I'm used to the, the, that kind of British thing where the whodunit really is about whodunit. They want to know whodunit. Whereas with the, with, um, the May Gray ones, the, who, the whodunit, you often know whodunit straight away. It's about the finding out whodunit. It's the why done it. And his, his understanding of human condition is just astonishing. And he's so condensed and concise, at least in the English translations. I love him. So that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Inspector May Gray. So I, did I say Simon Signore? She's an actress. <laughs> it's not, it's not, not Simon Signore. What am I saying? Uh, it's, um, oh my God, I forgot the man's name. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm so sorry he's dead now so he won't be angry with me or oh, he may he might be and i'm so sorry his name is georges simonon what am i saying i've read about 30 of them so far they're just amazing he is so amazing so it's like sure. dis- discovering the the motive behind murders or what makes people commit commit crime is that it yeah and it's it the english ones are really kind of nice they're nice um and the motives are quite sort of like, oh, revenge. And it's quite simple things. <laughs> but, you know, with it, this is much sort of darker, more in-depth. And and his, uh, as I say, really concise writing, very short, concise writing. And But his description of, of places is just astonishing. Um, so, yeah. Georges Simonon. So sorry, Georges. <laughs> so uh, with, that, with that, we come to the end of this week's show. And only remains me now to thank, uh, well, especially on the guests. Um, thank you so much, Danya and I. Thank you for having me again. And congratulations on raising so much money for, for, for who is it for again? The National Cancer Society of Malaysia. And I would hope, I mean, you would imagine you would like other people to donate to them. Yes, anyway. please, please, please. Um, if you want to help out cancer patients and their families, please do send a donation. Um, and if you also want to donate your hair, you can cut off six inches they want uh, and send it to Locks of Hope. Okay. And thank you so much, Zan Asli. You're welcome. Pleasure, pleasure. And uh, Zan, are you? You've been. Uh, have you got any projects coming up that uh, that do to tackle the issues that you were talking about earlier? Uh, yes, 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 yes. A few documentaries will be coming out on Astro soon. Uh, no, no fixed dates yet, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's coming up in the, in the end of the year. Yeah, two documentaries actually. actually yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I don't really think a bit of cultural audience are political extremists who need re-indoctrination too much. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> um, but if, if any listeners are feeling a bit wobbly on the uh, extremist front, do keep an eye out for Zan's documentaries on Astra. Um, and finally, yes, myself, Cam Rustler. And so please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.